begin this morning. I want to read from our key text. It's found in Luke chapter 15, and we're going to read from verse 17 this morning. It says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. When he came to himself. And the culmination of the the comeback series today, this is my prayer that we'd have some turnaround moments just like this. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. It's all you are. Uh, we thank you that you are a resurrecting God and you've bring, bring so many of us up out of pits. Lord, you uh, are, are just good. And so whether we can see or feel that today, Lord, we, we know that you never change. Your faithfulness never changes. Your goodness never changes. So God, we hold on to that truth. In your mighty name we pray, amen, amen. All right. So the message today is called the power of the turnaround. And all of us have different stories, right? In fact, um, you know, these comeback stories that, that we've been sharing can happen when unexpected circumstances and unforeseen circumstances crash into our lives and kind of domino into our world, um, things that we didn't plan or uh, plans that we had hoped for that didn't materialize. And so we've talked about how God can work in and he can work through those situations. And last week, we talked about how whatever it is that resides in our past, that doesn't have to define us, right? In fact, in God's economy, our past can prepare us for everything that God wants to do in our lives in the future. We talked about how none of us are finished because of the things of our past, but how God can take the remains of whatever it is, whether it's just a, a, a ground up dream or hope, and he, begin, he, he can begin to paint in a brand new way things that reflect his glory and his power and his purpose in our lives. Can I just say royal blue to anyone that was here last week, ultramarine blue. God is so good. God is so good. So today, today we talk about a very specific comeback. And today's comeback is something that all of us know about or all of us need. And it's the comeback when you are in that place in life where you are not at peace with God. You are not at peace with yourself and you are not at peace with the people around you maybe. And I don't know where you are in your journey today, but all of us have been and keep coming to those kind of places in life. Uh, But I'm specifically talking today about somebody in this room who is sitting in a major need for God to resurrect your life and set you on a path of truth. Um, And it's possible that that the person sitting right next to you is, is that you doesn't even know the depth of the comeback that you need this morning. And so you see, God is in this place today. Can I get an amen? And um, so not just so that we can attend a wonderful Sunday gathering, but he's in this place today to move in your life, to turn your story around. And he can do that today in a hurry. If we come to the place in our lives, we're ready to say, I've, I've had it with what I've been holding on to inside. That was one of the words this morning, something that we're, we're holding on to. I've had it with this story that nobody maybe fully knows. Um, I've had it with this life that I've, that, you know, has been hidden from the people that are even closest to me. And I want God to come into my world and into my story. And I want to break free and get set on a path to a new direction in my life. And that's possible today. And so we're about a month now from celebrating uh, Palm Sunday, the, the moment Jesus, I mean, willingly chose to walk into danger. 
And, and when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem for the week of Passover, he already knew really that he was a dead man walking. Um, coming into the city, he knew what his fate would be, but he chose to enter the city anyway. And he came riding, riding low on a donkey, but the, but the people thought he should have been riding high. And, and so they threw palm branches before him and they shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? But all the while he's thinking, this is, this is a whole different story by the end of the week. They're shouting Hosanna on the front side, but they're gonna crucify me on the back side. He knew how quickly the joy on the front of the week, people who were for him on the front of the week was gonna turn into his death at the end of the week. And some of the same people were gonna turn against him in a very short matter of time. And I, I, I think in the same way he knew coming into that week that you know, all of sin is stacked against the world coming into that week, but at the end of the week, the story is gonna turn around, right? And all of that, all of the grace of God and all of the mercy of God is gonna be available to all people once for all at the end of the week. Things are gonna change this week. Their, their shouts of praise are gonna turn into crucify him. But the upper hand of the enemy, you know, that he thought he had to destroy our lives is gonna turn into God's power to fully restore and change our lives. And so we are sitting in that kind of turnaround power right in this moment today. It's possible, think, think about this, that you're sitting right where you're sitting and you could make a decision today that would absolutely pull a 180 in your life. And you came to this place today or you're watching online today, you're, you're walking in a determined direction. You're going one direction that you were determined to go, but you, you walk out of this place today in an opposite direction towards the hope and into the rest and into the provision that God has for you. And that's possible for every single one of us. If that happens, a few things have to be true of you and a few things have to be true of me. And if you're taking notes on the backside of your bulletins, flip them around. The, the, the first one of those things is, is that you just have to agree that for me and my comeback story, the first step is a turnaround. Where, where I say to God, I want to come back to you. you. You may be right in the middle of a worship service like we were this morning and have friends singing the songs around you that we were singing earlier. Our God reigns, your kingdom established on this earth. Uh, and, but you know, deep down inside, there are things in your life that are not congruent with God's purposes and God's plans. And therefore, there's no peace. And on the surface, you know, to people around you, things might look great, but there's no peace with God deep down in your heart. And because when you sing the songs, there are people maybe around you who don't know how much you're, you're not at peace with God right now because they don't know the reality of what's going on. So for you and me and every one of us today, our comeback story starts exactly the same way. You know, we, we all end up in different places in life and all of our stories are different and all the comebacks at the end of the day are different. But the first step of every single one of our comebacks is the very same step. We, we may be on a different journey coming in and different processes going on, but the key component in your comeback and my comeback is the very same step. And it actually isn't really a step, it's a turnaround. It's a change of direction. And until you and I on board with that reality today, we're never gonna move forward into the restoring plan and purpose that God has for our lives. If the first thing that you and I have to come around today and celebrate today is that every comeback starts with just one move. And, and that move is a turnaround move. And so I would say that there were three pivotal turnaround moments in my life. And I've shared these stories several times over the years. And that's because without them, I wouldn't 
probably be here today. The first one for me was when I was in fifth grade. Yep, I mean, in fact, all of them for me, if I'm to look back, were between probably that age and high school. So if you think young people aren't ready to hear and listen to the voice of God, oh man. I mean, I beg to differ. In fact, in fact, if you, if you look at just this, the, the statistics in, in, in just in our country, they say that there's a much higher likelihood, like the percentage is like 85% more likely if someone come to Jesus, if you reach them before the middle school years. Because what happens as we get older is we think we know stuff, right? And that's why Next Day Ministry is so important. And Pastor Diani and Pastor Rayanne are heroes. And I don't know if, if any, either of them are in the room. And they should always, yes, we can, we can clap that. They should always, always have our full support in whatever they do. Yay, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not going to go into the long stories today. But some of you will remember that um, I was suspended from the Christian school that I attended in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to figure out who I was, like all of us were probably at that age. And I found out that I could get an easy laugh by sharing some very inappropriate humor. Um, and thankfully that didn't last too long because I was caught in the act. And so I can still remember sitting there in the principal's office for the first time and the last time um, in my life. I wasn't a troublemaker, so this was the first for me. Um, And so he looked at me with so much compassion and he he read me a verse that has stuck with me to this day, Philippians 4.8, some of you know it by heart. Philippians 4.8, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That moment when he read that, I mean, I, I was, my, my eyes were starting to water. It was really impactful. But do you know what was more impactful? It was, it was when I came home and I saw mom in tears. She was just in grief over the decisions that I had made. And I decided that I would never, I never wanted her to feel that way about something I had done again. And it was a turnaround moment for me. I stopped that behavior that had gotten me into trouble and went another way. Um, still, to keep on going, my faith wasn't my own through my early junior high years. And I went to church because mom and dad dragged me to church. And um, it was just a kind of a weekend routine more than anything. That was until God shook me to my core. It was at a, at a youth convention somewhere in Minnesota. I think it was in the Twin Cities. Um, I, I don't remember much about the conference, the speakers, the band, or anything other than I remember I, I was going, I went to my knees one night during, the, during a worship time where God was touching and speaking to me just radically. And when I got up, they told me I had been down on my knees. Some of you know how, how it's like when you're down on your knees. Even when you're a teenager, that's gonna, it's, you, you feel it, right? For an hour and a half on my knees. And when I, when I got up, there was a puddle of tears around the spot where I was. I mean, I'd cried rivers, the good kind of crying. Like God was speaking to me. It was life-changing. That was a turnaround moment for me. My faith became my own. Um, the, the last time was after an incident, um, a story that has become a little bit infamous, where I had taken my dad's truck in the middle of the night and had driven it um, into one of South Dakota's uh, biggest winter blizzards of the decade to go and try to reconcile a fracturing relationship with my college girlfriend. And so the vehicle had to be reported stolen for the police to look for me. And so it was. (laughs) And so I was wanted for stealing a vehicle in two states, South Dakota and Nebraska. And long story short, 
They tracked me down before I could even make it halfway there. Mom got me on the phone and, and told me uh, to come home. I did. And when I got back, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, y- young person, I, I've never had, you know, that kind of experience before. You know, were there going to be police, like, swarming my house when I got home? I didn't know. I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. And what did happen changed my life again. What did happen was that when I got home, I opened the door and got the biggest like most wonderful hug ever. And mom and dad, they put me to bed. They let me sleep it off. When I woke up, I was grounded for several months. <laughs> that was part of the story. But, but some of you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story, I, can, I honestly can hardly believe it um, to this day. Dad, he drove me all the way to Omaha, Nebraska, seven hours from Pierre, just so that I could have that conversation that I wanted to have with my girlfriend. And that whole encounter opened up for me a new kind of understanding of love for me. They showed me what agape and unconditional love looked like. And I started realizing that God loved me that way too. And it was a turnaround moment for me. I started pursuing my relationship with God in a different way. So what was all that about? I've recognized that those are turnaround moments in my life. Um, uh, Bill Boylan was, was giving us that picture when he came up and shared it last week. It's like, you know, we're facing this way and we make a turnaround moment where we decide we're gonna go this way. It's like making a physical turn and walking and focusing in a new direction. There's a change of heart. There's a change of attitude. There's a change of mind. That's, that's what we've learned. Uh, you know, the word repentance means from Pastor Patty. Uh, when we see it in scripture, it means I've, I've, an aha moment. My mind has been changed. I've changed my perspective. Not, not like, oh, I think, you know, I like green instead of blue now. It's not that kind of changing your mind. It's the kind of changing your mind where you say, you know what? You know, th- this other way isn't working for me anymore. And you know what? I'm done with this path. And you know what? I don't want to live uh, with this weight on my life anymore. And I don't want to do it this way anymore. There's a different way. And God has opened up my eyes and my understanding, everything in me to a revelation to understand who he is. And I'm going to go that way. There's another way. And I'm changing my perspective today. And when that happens to you and me, internally at first, then we start heading in another direction externally. So, you know, in my stories, I stopped the inappropriate humor in fifth grade. I cut that off and, and, and turned completely away from that. I never did that again. My, my second big turnaround, I started realizing that God is very real and that he speaks to me personally and, and that this faith is my own and it's not just my parents and, and that I can't wait to get to his house to, to worship and to hear his word. And then lastly, I came to the realization that, you know, man, his love, his unconditional love, his his agape, unconditional love was was just mind-blowing. And so like, even if I've stolen a car and I've driven it recklessly into a blizzard and I'm still overwhelmingly shown so much love when I come back. And so I, I, I begin pursuing him in a new way. My relationship becomes totally different. I turn my life towards him and begin to follow where he leads externally. So internally, we say, I'm turning around and I'm changing direction. I'm, I'm changing my mindset today. That, that word, uh, you know, I'm repenting. It's a metanoia moment. There's a, that's repent in the original language right here and right now because I know I don't have, uh, I don't have a comeback without a turnaround. 
And we can dream all day about what our lives might look like and how God could work things out or how we could end up in a different place, but we're not ending up anywhere in life unless there's a turnaround moment in our life. Unless there's a moment in our lives where we say, I've had enough. So we shared earlier, and I think our first uh, comeback uh, around about this son of this wonderful father who has two sons. One of them wants all, all of his wealth and riches and he gets his inheritance early and he wastes it all in crazy living, thinking that's, that's gonna be the thing for him. Eventually he runs out of money and fame and he ends up, you might know the story, he ends up in a pig pen, right? Looking, looking at pig slop. And the scripture says, as Jesus tells this story, he says, and when he came to himself, when he came to himself, Luke 15, 17, he had a re, re, this metanoia moment. It wasn't a moment of, I'm gonna get up right now and take a step towards a comeback. No, in his mind, he thought it through and he said, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm gonna move towards that. The passion paraphrases it by saying like this, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. He had a step in his mind, inside, that moved him in his actions outside. He had a turnaround step. It's, it's like the prophet Zechariah, and many of the prophets have very similar statements to you and me, but the prophet Zechariah says it this way in chapter one, down in verse three. He says, therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you says the Lord Almighty. That's a lot of Lord Almighty's in one verse of scripture right there. <laughs> Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says, return to me. In other words, start a comeback. And how do you start a comeback? By turning around. <laughs> so do that, return to me, return, exit, cross over, re-enter, turn around, return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will then return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Now, this is obviously, this is a beautiful picture of what happened on Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter in full, but it's always God's intention to say, I'm ready to walk you into a brand new future. I'm ready. I'm ready to restore you in a way that will bring peace in your life, deep down peace, peace with yourself, peace with with me, peace with the people that are around you. But you've got to return to me. I'm ready to return to you. Now, the reality is that God hasn't gone anywhere though, by the way. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't gone anywhere. There's, there's nowhere on earth that we can go to escape God's presence and his goodness. We can't get away from God's purpose and his plans. But what he's simply saying is, if you will turn around in that instant that you turn around, you will begin to experience my grace and the extraordinary a grace of, of, of this comeback story that I have for you. The pro, this prodigal son, as a lot of people call him, <laughs> the moment in his mind that he said, I'm changing everything today, you know, I'm done with this and I'm starting a journey back to my father, that is the instant in where his grace began. His, his grace didn't begin when he got back to the house or got to the road or, you know, received the ring or got the sandals on his feet or he attended the, the feast or he's, you know, at the dance party or ate the fatted calf. That's not where the grace began. That's when he realized that the Father's grace was already waiting for him the whole time. And you and I have grace 
waiting for us today. Enough grace to restore us, waiting for us today, but it's never gonna happen until you're willing to take that turnaround step. And as soon as in your mind you say, I'm gonna return to God in that instant, in that very instant, grace is available to you. Second thing that has to be true of you and me is that we have to come to believe that the weight, W-A-I-T, is increasing the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of your turnaround. And so the, the weight in the turnaround moment is increasing the weight that's crushing you. And what the enemy wants to do cleverly is invert that equation. He wants to tell you, you know, on the other side of your turnaround is gonna be a lot of hard things. Uh, a, a lot of hard conversations, uh, a lot of hard, you know, restoration that's gonna happen. It's gonna be a really weighty and heavy process and it can be a very difficult process and I'm not minimizing that. And, and so the approach is usually, let's just don't do that. Let's just wait and see what happens. Let's just not do that because why do that? Because there's a lot of hardship on the other side of doing that. And the, the people sitting eight feet from you right now don't even know that you need a turnaround possibly. So let's just don't do that. But the reality is the longer we wait, the heavier the weight. And for some of us, that weight is not just spiritually and figuratively, but, but, but it's, it's there and it's, it's crushing our lives. That, that's what the psalmist was saying in um, Psalm 38 a chapter that sort of sneaks its way into this section of, of the Psalms. But when you read it, this is the roadmap for people who need a turnaround moment to have a comeback story. This is, this is your roadmap right here, Psalm 38. It opens like, up like this. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down on me because of your wrath. There is no health in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. And, and in other words, it's interesting, the, the, the psalmist implies that we can have physiological complications because of the waiting period of coming to a turnaround moment. That's pretty profound. And so he amplifies it now, verse four, and lays it out exactly how we're seeing it today. He says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My guilt has overwhelmed Whelmed me, and it's like a weight or a burden too difficult or too heavy for me to bear. And so it's, it's possible that you and I can be at a place in life where there are things that are deep down in our hearts where we're not at peace with ourselves. We're, we're not at peace, honestly, with God. I mean, on the surface, you know, on the surface we are, but deep down, we're not. Maybe we're not at peace with the people around us. And on the surface, it may look fantastic, but what is the reality for us is that, is that we're feeling the weight more and more and more day by day, week by week, month by month, and in some cases, year by year. The weight just gets heavier and heavier and heavier, and eventually, the weight is just too heavy for us to bear. We can't bury it. You know, we, we'll try sometimes. We'll try to bury it, bury it emotionally and um, psychologically, physiologically, spiritually, or relationally. We, we can't bear the weight. And that's where things begin to unravel in our lives. 
right? And what God is inviting us into today is to understand this, the weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, of our guilt and sin fell on Jesus. And so there's a possibility that exists today that you and I could turn around into God's grace and walk free of the heaviness that we have voluntarily taken on in our lives for such a long time. And it says in 1 Peter that he bore our sins in his body on the cross for you. Can we just picture that? Jesus carried the weight of our sin and our shame to the cross. Gethsemane, where he prayed on that night, what does it mean? The crushing place. And so how would a crushing happen in the olive grove where Jesus prayed? A heavy stone would crush the seeds from, from within the olive. And so the weight of that stone would produce the oil from the olive itself. In the same way that the weight of our sin was gonna crush the innocent life of Jesus and produce for us freedom and grace and mercy and kindness. That comeback path for our lives. But it happens when we come on board with the idea, the longer I wait, the heavier the weight I carry. But if I cease the weight and enter into a turnaround moment today, that's when the weight goes off of our shoulders. It doesn't mean all the consequences have worked out. All the details are worked out. All the adjustments you know, have happened. But listen, the consequences, the adjustments, the details, the path, the purpose, and the plan, it can be hard. Yes, but it's so much better without that crushing weight on top. It's replaced by a peacefulness deep down inside with God and with ourselves and a peacefulness possibly with the people around us. Now, if you could just imagine, it's kind of like wet cement. And you know when you're kids, you know, you'd, you'd want, you'd, it's almost irresistible. You'd want to put your finger in that wet cement, right? And write your initials or put your handprints in there or fingerprints in the wet cement. But eventually you come back the next day and there it is and it's hardened and it's solid now. And whatever is in it now is going to be in there for a long, long time, right? <laughs> and God is trying to say to us today for you and for me, the cement of our lives is still wet. And it's possible to ask God to turn things in our hearts even now towards his outcome and his plans for our lives. And if maybe you're saying, well, uh, my cement is not wet, Sean. It hasn't been wet for a long time. Well, you know what? God can still jackhammer into the middle of it all and release whatever needs to be released. But the longer you wait, the harder the cement. The longer we wait, the more effort is required to crack open in that turnaround in your comeback story. So we're just under a canopy of grace. Think back to what we celebrate again on Palm Sunday. Our Savior is riding into town on a donkey, willingly taking on board everything that we've done so that you and I can experience freedom and forgiveness from God. Come on. So this is, this is also that we can come to a turnaround moment in your life and mine. And so I wanna encourage us today, this is where it's at, to cultivate a metanoia repentance lifestyle, a, a lifestyle of keeping on coming back to the grace of God. In, in many of our minds, repentance is that awful old time revival word of hellfire and damnation. It's like the pointing finger, right? Repent. 
It's kind of like repent now. And, it, and it, that's the image I always have, a, a pointing finger like this, wagging, pointing finger, an angry finger, repent. But it's really not that. It's, it's meant to be a, a lifestyle that says, I want to often keep on having moments in my life where I can come to God and he gives me a sound mind. He gives, he resets me. He, he might change my direction. He might change the way I'm thinking. I want to often redirect towards God. I want to change my tendency on your notes to stray my way into a dependency to walk God's way. And I want to cultivate a lifestyle of, of just metanoia coming back to God. And so today that that begins for all of us in the same way that the psalm um, was in Psalm 38. And you can read that whole um, song, but going down to verse 18, this is where the cultivating begins and what it looks like. He says, I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cause. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. And then he goes on down, uh, verse uh, 21. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. And so three things. Cultivation looks like three things, really quickly. It looks like number one, personal repentance, a personal turnaround. You, you know, don't need to have a conversation with anyone other than God first, led by Holy Spirit in the face of Jesus himself to say, I want to confess what you already know. And I want to go on record as saying, this is my moment to change it all. That's it. A personal turnaround. The second part of cultivating that repentance is, is maybe a private circle turnaround. That, that, the private circle turnaround means that you're going around to people very close to you that um, you know, you're gonna need to say to them, you, know, you, you need to know I've had a personal turnaround. And what does that mean? Well, the son's sitting in the pig pen. He said, I'm coming to my senses. I'm coming to my senses now, right? We read that. Um, and do you know what he did? The first thing that he did was he wrote a letter to his father. The first thing he did, dear dad, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But if you just take me back as a servant, I'll come and work all the rest of my days because it's better than it is here. So immediately he had this personal turnaround. I am done with this. But then he had this kind of private circle turnaround and he wrote a letter to his dad right away and he started down the road and it, it wasn't just going to be, you know, I'm going to go a different, uh, uh, to a different town and, and get a start in a new place. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go to another place and make some new friends or maybe go to another farm and try to get a job there. He said, no, I'm going to go back to my dad and, and cultivating a lifestyle of, of repentance means that our inner circle of people were often saying, I want to keep short accounts with you. Right? I'm, I'm trying to keep short accounts with me and with God and I, and I want to keep short accounts with you because I know that I have a tendency to, to go my own way, to stray my own way, but I want a dependency to walk in God's way. And maybe, maybe even in the next hour, God will lead you to have a conversation with somebody in your private circle uh, and you say, you know, Sean, if I do that, that conversation is going to go, it's going to change the direction of everything. If I do that, it's going to, it's gonna do that. And it is, it probably will. But in that direction of everything, you're gonna be walking free of that stone that is grinding you down into the ground and has already changed the direction of everything. And you're gonna be walking in the freedom of knowing that heaven's wind is in your sails. Isn't that beautiful? The story Jesus told went this way. 
right? When one lost sheep is found, the angels of heaven rejoice. They have a party over one person who has this metanoia, repentance, turn around. The coin was lost and the lady who lost it searched the whole house. And when she found that coin, what did Jesus say? He said, it's like that in heaven. <laughs> he said that heaven rejoices over the one who says, I need a turnaround. And in the same way, he said, when that coin was found, it, re it represented how in heaven, the angels rejoice over just one person who makes that turn. It's possible that somebody in this room or watching online today is gonna you know, ignite a celebration in heaven. The wind of heaven will start blowing your way and you're gonna need it because walking a new path of freedom is not always easy. And there are consequences to our choices, but the wind of heaven is gonna be at your back. That joy of freedom is gonna be in your heart. The lifting of the heaviness is gonna allow you to breathe again. To become everything God wants you to be. I just, I just wanna be everything that God wants me to be. I wanna live in the fullness of, of his plan for me. And so the, the other part of cultivating a lifestyle, the last one, is that there also may be a public component to that repentance story. And it, it probably won't start that way. You probably don't need to put an ad in the paper. <laughs> um, but you may, in fact, need to tell some people. This is the way, you know, it really went down and, and I've had a turnaround with God and I'm on a whole new comeback journey with God and I'm at a whole new place with God and but I need to come and make, you know, peace with you. And, and with those people, let the chips fall where they may. But then know that you've got the freedom to continue to move into all that God has purposed and planned for your life. Isn't it powerful today to think that this could be the moment that the weight lifts for somebody? for us. So, you know, we've shared such incredible stories here. And today um, we're going to close by just believing that there is going to continue as this series ends to be more comeback stories. Um, that's our God is a resurrecting God. That's who he is. He is good. And I, I just, I, like I said, I think this, this, this theme is just going to be kind of prevalent. It's just going to stick with me for a while. I think we're gonna go back to the book of James maybe after I, I come back. Uh, I've got a trip next weekend with, I'm gonna be hanging out with Pastor Brent Parker at the 100th anniversary of Foursquare actually um, over in Anaheim. Yeah, so um, it's gonna be an incredible uh, time here next weekend. Uh, we're gonna continue to hear from uh, a series of speakers. Valerie is up next, Pastor Valerie, and she's gonna be sharing about um, God. Which one is Holy Spirit? Um, the four square of Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, I think, I think when I come back, I, I had just started um, the series in the book of James right before the whole sabbatical. I got into chapter one and it kind of got cut off. And I was really passionate. I had the whole map planned out. I think we're probably gonna go back to that. And if you remember, James is in your face. <laughs> He's kind of in our grill. And so, I don't know. I think, I think, maybe, I think that's maybe where we're gonna go next. But um, through, through whatever he speaks to us, I just know he's gonna continue to resurrect people's lives. To con he's gonna continue to set free and release burdens off of people's lives. That's just the kind of God he is. He is good and that's all he can be. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this time here this morning. You are good. You are always good. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. God, I pray. Lord, if, if somebody is in a moment
where they need to turn around um, this morning on the way to their comeback, Lord, that you would give them the grace to walk that. Um, Lord, that you would be their strength as you do. Lord, you would be um, their wisdom as you are. Lord, Holy Spirit, you would be their comforter, that uh, you would use us as your church to shoulder and walk alongside them and to give them um, strength when they don't have it on their own. God, I just pray uh, again and again, we'll see comeback and resurrection stories right here in this house and even outside of this house as you send us outside of these doors. God, may your grace not be confined to the doors of this church building, but may it be extended through your church. So God, we pray for turnaround stories as we wrap up this series to continue to erupt all over this place and all over the city. That's who you are, God. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I wanna give you the opportunity just before we close um, to pray that prayer and to maybe, maybe you need a comeback moment. Maybe you need a turnaround in your life right now. And so with nobody looking around, I, wanna, I just wanna present this opportunity. Every saint, you know, you can, you can be in the house this morning and just be praying for Holy Spirit to speak. God, we, we know that for many of us, you know, we can just kind of um, push things down. We can kind of even hide it. Um, Lord, we can kind of just let our stuff be private. And, and God, I just pray for, for some turnaround moments, Lord, where something internally makes a turn for somebody this morning externally. And they would just have a, 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 a moment where they just decide, I'm gonna walk back to my father. And if that's you, if you know Holy Spirit's already been speaking to you this morning, uh, we just wanna pray with you. Whether it's the first time that you pray this prayer, Jesus, I want, I want to follow you, or if, or if it's a resurrender, Jesus, I want to follow you again uh, with everything this time. I, I want to I just lay it all out there again. I'm just going to do another turnaround. That's okay. God's grace is so good again and again and again and again. So if that's you this morning, would you, with every, every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand? Either one of those, I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's pray this all together. Father God, I give you my heart. I surrender all that I am to you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me, for covering me, my sin. Lord, my life is yours all that I am in your mighty name. Amen.